All right, welcome back to Right on the Money, providing you and your family the necessary information you need to make informed financial decisions. Now, again, just in case you're joining us, our guest today, Larry Lerner, owner and operator of Artist Business Management Group in Los Angeles. And we've been talking about a variety of topics, but we're going to move into a section now. We're going to talk about something that just about any worker has, very few people know they have, and it's something that you love. Larry, why do you love life insurance? I'm pretty passionate about life insurance. In fact, I, I actually like everything about life insurance except for the people that sell it. <laughs> I just, those guys are something. You know, with all of our clients coming in the office, mm-hmm. I'm amazed when, you know, when I do the financial checkup and one of the questions I ask is, do you have life insurance? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've got some of that. Do you have permanent insurance or do you have term insurance? Um, I don't know. They don't know. They don't know. They bought it, they're paying for it, but they don't know what they have. So you say, well, okay, let's try to pull this apart a little bit. Does it build cash value? Um, I don't know. Well, can you borrow from it? Well, no, they didn't say, well, does it end at a certain point in time, like 20 year or 30 year? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know, the the guy didn't tell me. Is Is this just a lack of education or how do people not know what they're paying for? I think it's the quality of the salespeople. And it makes me angry. So I'm, hmm. I'm sitting there trying to extract information to, to do a whole financial checkup on a client, and they are paying for something, they have purchased something, and they don't know what they own. They don't know what it's going to do for you. They don't even know the benefits of what they own, or if it has any benefits. So then I have to say, okay, bring me your policy. Sure. Let me see it. Oh, if you don't have your policy, let me just see a recent bill and we'll call the insurance company and find out what the heck you have. And then I explain it to them like they're a Mm three-year-old. Okay, I don't want to insult anybody, but you have to basically take people to an area of explaining and educating them on what they own. So I actually have developed a great way of explaining life insurance, and I want to take you through that. I'm excited to see this. Okay, fine. Very excited. And you know... I've been a guest on your show many times, and you're a pretty smart guy. It's very difficult to surprise you and to show you something that you haven't seen before, but I think I may have you this time. I like time. it. I'm, I am excited to see All right, you. you ready? I am. Okay. Let's assume that out in California, we have tracked housing. Do you have that here in Kansas? Uh, you know, I don't, not necessarily. Tracked housing basically means that, that the builder builds every single house identical and yes, not, we do. Yeah. Yes, we do. Have and if you're not careful one night, you can actually show up at the wrong house. That's <laughs> <laughs> so let's assume that, that you and I are looking. I'm going to show you this whole thing. But basically what I've said to you is that most people do not understand insurance and they don't yeah. know what they have purchased. OK, now let's assume that you and I are going to look at these two houses side by side. Okay. You're going to rent the house, and I'm going to buy the house. Same houses. Same exact house, same okay. exact price. You're going to be a renter. I'm going to be a buyer. Okay. Okay. If you rent the house, you have a low initial cost, don't you? That is correct. Okay. But over time, the cost is going to go up. The landlord is going to raise your rent every Absolutely. year or maybe every year. Okay? Absolutely, yes. Okay, great. How much equity are you going to build? Not a Zero, dime. not a dime. Nope. And what happens at the end of the lease? It ends. I'm You're moving. done. Yeah. You got to move. You're out. Yep. Okay. I'm going to buy the house next door. All right. Let's see what's going on at your house. Okay. I have 
a higher initial cost. It Down costs payment. more money to get into that. Sure. Okay. The cost is level. Let's assume I'm going to take the 30-year fixed mortgage. My payment is going to be the same every month while your rent is going up. True. Okay. But I'm going to be better off than you. Now, I'm going to build equity. Okay. I'm going to have a pot of gold and have cash. Okay. And if sold properly, this thing is never going to end. I'm going to own my house. I'm going to live there forever while you're looking for a new place to live. I think I want to buy a house. Okay, fine. Guess what I just showed you? I showed you, if you look at this and you look at the four characteristics of renting a house and buying a house, I just showed you term insurance and permanent insurance. Does that blow you away a little it bit? It does blow me away. I like that. I like that. Did I, did I get you this time? Yeah, actually, you did. You did. I thought we were talking tracked houses and uh, we're talking about life insurance. All right, good. I love it. And I understand just to what review, you said. Term insurance is cheap. Mm-hmm. The price goes up. The older you get, the more it costs. And by the way, at a certain point, you can't even buy this stuff. Because why? They got to do blood and urine. Sure. You got to be in perfect health. If anything is not perfect, you can't even buy this anymore. So not only am I renting, I could get kicked out? Yeah, you can get kicked out. Not good. Okay. You build absolutely no equity. There's nothing to borrow against. There's no cash in this thing. And at a certain point, it's sold in 10-year, 20-year, and 30-year increments. If, to put it bluntly, if you don't die within the 30 years, you have zero. And now you're at a point, now let's say you're uh, 55, 60 sure. years old. Go try to buy this stuff at that point. You've got high cholesterol. You're not whatever. You're, you're not in the greatest shape in the world. And plus the fact yeah. it's going to be very expensive to buy it. With this... I paid more money in the beginning. I paid the same amount. I'm going to maybe pay on this thing until I'm 65 years old, and then I'm going to stop paying, and I'm going to keep it for the rest of my life. I'm going to build tons of equity. I have cash in there that's mine. It's an asset. It's part of my portfolio, okay? And it's never going away. Now, this has to, when you show this, because this is a great way. I understand this. Right. Let me show you graphically. Here's my term insurance. It starts out low. My permanent was a straight line. Eventually, look at the red circle there. The term insurance costs more than the permanent insurance after you get to a certain age. It looks like a jet taking off. Right. Yeah. What have I been saying to you every time I've been a guest on your show? Start young. Yeah. It pays to start young. Now, to further explain what happens here, I want to take you through something else. Taxes, my favorite subject since I'm an accountant by trade. I know that when I retire, I'm going to have different buckets of money. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have a taxable bucket of money. My taxables, I can have either capital gains treatment or ordinary income treatment. Ordinary income is my wages, my IRA, my 401k, and my Social Security will also be in there. Okay, that's ordinary. For capital gains, I'm going to have stocks, mutual funds, and my real estate, okay? That's what I'm paying taxes on. Now let's look at the tax-free bucket. I only know of three places that I can get tax-free income. I can buy munis, mm-hmm. I can buy a Roth IRA, which by the way, I love Roths, but after a certain income level, you're locked out of a Roth. Correct, yeah. Or I can buy life insurance, which is completely and totally tax-free. Going back to something here, um, I don't know if the news gets out to Kansas from L.A. Every now and then. Okay. 
But we had a city, it was a suburb of Los Angeles called Bell, mm-hmm. where people put money into munis, and all of the officials stole all the money, and all the municipal bonds were worth zero. Yeah. They're not as safe. They're only as good as, as what's behind it, yeah. which can be pretty weak. Yeah. So I don't trust munis. The Roth, as I said, I get locked out of if I get lucky and I make a lot of money. But I love the life insurance. I'm starting to see why. This is, uh, uh, yeah. I'm liking what I'm seeing here. Yeah. And by the way, when you retire, how important is tax free income when you retire versus taxable income? I've got to think that it has got to be very high on the priority list. Very high. There's, a, there's misinformation out there about retirement. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks that, well, I'm going to put all of my money into my 401k and my IRA because I'll be taxed at a much lower rate in retirement. Mm -hmm. Is that true? Depends. Okay, let me give you one prime example of it. You get this wonderful gift in your old age. You have paid off your 30-year mortgage. Uh You have just lost the number one tax write-off. So now you're back to Mm. not even itemizing deductions. You're taking a standard deduction. You have zero tax write-offs, but you've got a bucket full of money coming in from your IRA and 401k, and you're actually paying more taxes in retirement than you did when you were working. So I could be in a a situation where I'm retired, and I'm now paying more in taxes. You're getting killed in taxes in retirement. That's, you know, I had an old college professor that, that said, if you want to be a popular accountant, if you want everybody to love you, the word defer should be in your in your vocabulary every single day. Nobody wants to pay taxes now. They want to pay taxes later. Well, he was wrong because you pay more taxes in retirement. Okay, that's why people love the Roth. Because why? You can accumulate money and you never pay taxes on that money. That's a good thing. Okay. And remember, earlier we talked about, you know, the, what my grandmother said, don't put all your eggs in one basket. You want to mix this up. Absolutely. And, you know, you don't want it all in one spot. Okay, let me show you something else that's interesting about money. I'll teach you something about money. I think there's four different kinds of money. There's free money. That's a gift. Who's going to turn down free money? Not me. That's a great, uh, that's right. a great money. By the way, free money is actually even a 401k match. Mm-hmm. That's a gift. Never turn down a gift. I like that. The next best money is tax-free money, money that we're never going to pay taxes on. Okay? Then there's tax-deferred money. That's my 401k and my IRA. I'm going to pay taxes on it later. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's taxable money, which is your salary sure. that you pay taxes on. Okay? So if I can get a lot of this tax-free money, I'm going to be a lot happier. Okay? To show you in a graph, here's how it looks. Let's look at the tax-deferred money. This little red part here is Mm -hmm. actually our contribution. Wow. And then the white part here is all of the growth that happened over all the years. And when I retire, this is going to be 100% taxable. The tax-free money is, there's the red part, is my contribution, there's all my growth, I'm never going to pay a diamond tax. I think I want to be over here. Okay. Let me, let me take you into a little trap that I always set for my clients. Before I show them this, I say, Dennis, would you, when you retire, would you rather have $5 million or would you rather have $4 million? 
Every client says, I want $5 million. And then I say, okay, $5 million taxable or $4 million tax-free? I like that tax-free. Okay, $5 million taxable is about $2.5 million net. Mm. What's $4 million tax-free? $4 million. $4 million. You want to change? Yeah, you, people want to change their mind on that one. Absolutely. Okay. Now, people now, if we're talking about life insurance, people say, how much do I need? What should I buy? Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't come up with this, but it's through a lot of research. People say seven to ten times your earnings would be adequate. Okay. How do you feel about that one? You know, that would be a, a nice number. It doesn't seem as big as maybe I would have thought that the recommendation should be. I thought so, too. Yeah. But this is what national average is. Hmm. Okay, let me show you how a life insurance policy actually works. The artwork isn't, well, he's kind of funny looking. Actually, that, that's probably what you and I looked like when we were much younger. Probably. Full head of hair. and Exactly. All right, so the guy, the guy comes in. He's our client. He is going to pay money into this life insurance policy. And, yes, some fees come out of it. Sure. Now, he has to put in the minimum amount that the company requires to keep the life insurance going because that's the death benefit cost. Okay. But one, Section 101A of the IRS code says that there's a maximum amount that we can fund into this life insurance policy, and that's why I've drawn that bigger Fair. square. So that's the maximum amount of money that we can fund into this policy and get the tax-free treatment. So we can put in more than is necessary to take advantage of the tax-free. Is that what you just said? Yes. And that's how we make money, and that's how we convert taxable money into non-taxable money. I think I'm starting to fall in love with life insurance. That's why I love this so much. Now, let me show you an example, okay? And I'm going to call upon you for this because you're a pretty smart guy. Let's take a 40-year-old male, and let's say that he's in good health. Mm-hmm. So he's going to get preferred treatment on this. His blood and urine are going to come out great. Okay. We're going to have him pay in $10,000 a year for 25 years, so he's going to stop paying at age 65. That's a total of $250,000 that he's investing into this contract. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, at age 70, he's going to start taking what's called policy loans. And he's going to pay zero taxes on that money. And he can do this from age 70 until age 90. And I had asked you to come up with the numbers for him. What did you come up with? I, you know, I was going to pretend like I knew it off the top of my head. But, yes, I did, I did look that up. I did okay, the research what did you come up it. with? Well, based upon today's projections and, and the prevailing rates and with, with different carriers and such, the number comes out to be a little bit above 84600 Per year, every year. Per year, every year, starting and at And I pay 70. no taxes on that money. That is correct. Okay, if my math serves me right, and am I going to get back all of my premiums of $250,000 before my 73rd birthday? If my math is correct, be? if my math is correct, that is correct. I, 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 how do we? This is fantastic. I, it's too good to be true. It seems okay? like it. And people always ask me, they say, how can this possibly be true? Well, there was a guy by the name of Albert Einstein. Remember him? I do. Okay, Albert Einstein said that compound interest was the eighth wonder of the world. That's fantastic. Okay, this is the power of long-term compounded growth. That's how they do it. And 
Now you say, well, wait, we're going to pay zero taxes on it? That's a wonderful thing. Yeah. Life insurance is the only mechanism I know to turn pennies into dollars. This is the way to go, and I, I absolutely love it, as long as people understand what they're buying. Okay, And it's given this unique tax structure that's given exclusively to life insurance. The IRS code is, is 101. Mm-hmm. It allows for the for life insurance to compound your growth and for it to be non-taxable. Now, people say to me, will this ever change? Will the government ever take this away? Well, they haven't, and I don't think that they ever will, because why? Everybody in the Senate and everybody in the House owns life insurance. <laughs> so why would they take something away that would hurt them? And it seems like, it also seems like it's a great way. Why would you want to take away something that an individual can do to take care of their family? Exactly. Wow, it seems, it, I, it seems like such a wonderful so what's the biggest? what's the biggest misinformation? I have to die to collect on my life insurance. That is what I you was just You just showed say. me how much money you're going to get. Yeah. You don't have to die. Now, what is the, the stigma that people in my parents' generation said? You're stealing money from your children. Mm-hmm. You're living off that. of their inheritance. Well, that actually changed because what has happened is that the, most kids are not inheriting money their parents are living a long time, and it's costing a lot of money to fund their retirement or their long-term care, and the life insurance is the number one place to pull that money out of, rather than your kids having to write a check every month to keep you cared for. That's a great source for funds for... It's, yes, it is. It's another way of potentially taking care of things. Now, life insurance also, it's, very, it's a very powerful product. Very powerful. It can accomplish more than what people think it can accomplish. Now, there's a few other things that life insurance can do also. Here's an idea for a small business owner. Okay. Imagine this. You can put away money for the future. You can grow this money tax-free. You can access it tax-free, and there's no contribution required for your employees. This is great for the small business owner that doesn't want to have a whole big plan for all of his employees. Sure. Okay? Which is, by the way, the current situation. Companies are not funding retirement accounts for their employees anymore. Okay? I have another idea also. Small business owner, you ask him, what do you plan to do with your business someday? Well, Mm -hmm. obviously, he's going to sell the business. What are you going to do with all of that money? What are you going to do with the proceeds of the sale after you pay the capital gains tax? Very simple. I can dump that money into my cash value life insurance, let it grow tax-free, compound interest. I can access it tax-free, and I can pass it on to my heirs tax-free, okay? So I can build this bucket big enough that I can put the proceeds in and nobody pays taxes on it. This is a life insurance. I I am astounded. Life insurance is a fantastic. Tool. I love it. Now I've got this other thing that's great. Okay, have you ever heard the term turbocharging your IRA? I have heard that term. Not familiar with it, so I'm curious to see what right, it means. I want to show you something interesting. Esther is a 70 year old lady. She's got a hundred thousand dollars in her. IRA. Okay. And that's her daughter over there. We Surfing call her away. Malibu Barbie. She's, uh, she's 
she doesn't do much except surf. You know, okay? from being, being here in Kansas, this is what we think you Californians do all day long. All day long. Just surf. I can do tax returns on a surfboard, actually. <laughs> that's, a, that's a lie. Okay, so what's going to happen to the daughter? Well, she's going to get 60400 after taxes. Okay, when Esther passes. When Esther passes. Okay. Now, if Esther has taken care of herself properly and she's got other money, and she says, my RMDs, those are required minimum distributions required by the United States of America, she has to take $3,500 a year every year, okay? Okay. If she doesn't need the $3,500 to live on, here's what she can do. She can take the 3500 and she can buy a $100,000 life insurance policy. Okay. okay. Now, when Esther passes away, the daughter will get the 60400 plus the 100000 I've now gotten her 160400 We call that turbocharging an IRA. I turned, turned 60400 into 160400 so we took, I want to say that back, because this you is, like that yeah, one? I do like this one a lot. So do I get you again or what? You got me again. Okay. So you're saying that, so Esther has to take, Uncle Sam is saying. Must. You, you have They're to. required minimum distributions. So it's got to come out. Right. And she doesn't, she, she just has to take it out. But um, she doesn't need it. Okay. So she can turn around, then you're telling me that she can turn around and purchase a life policy if she qualifies. If she qualifies. And, and then at 70, she, it's not easy, but she can do it. It, well, if the surfing family, I'm sure she probably... Uh, yeah, st- maybe she's okay. Maybe preferred. But so she can turn around with that, buy a life insurance policy, and then send that on to her daughter or granddaughter. Right. Or, that's fantastic. And by the way, that's, again, the $100,000 is tax-free. The IRA turned into 60400 Doesn't this further demonstrate what taxes do... It really does. ...in retirement? It really does. That is fantastic. So it, life insurance, although um, it, it seems like it's it, it seems like there's lots of things to talk about. Lots of because not one right. policy. I mean, as we just saw, renting versus owning. It's not and, one size fits all. Yeah. And by the way, don't misunderstand me. When I was talking to you about term versus whole life, sure. I didn't say term was bad. Term has a purpose in life. It has a specific purpose. If you buy a 30-year term policy, mm-hmm. that means you have to die before 30 years for it to pay off. Gotcha. There are specific purposes. When I was sitting with my wife in the audience at my daughter's college graduation, mm-hmm. I leaned over to my wife and I said, tomorrow I cancel my term insurance because we made it. The purpose of the term insurance was that if I died prematurely, my daughter would still go to that four-year university, which was a lot of money. I think it was about $250,000. Golly. The term insurance was there to protect the family. Once she graduated, I have no purpose of the term insurance anymore. Now I can just keep my whole life policy. Totally makes sense. So the term insurance you use for a, spe- I guess, for a specific term or for a specific yes. purpose. It's in case you die prematurely, it protects the family. So it's good, but you don't retire on it. You don't borrow against it. You have no cash value. You're merely renting. Term insurance is like your car insurance. Mm-hmm. It's there if you need it. But what do you do when you sell your car? 
You drop your insurance. You cancel the insurance. When I was sitting at Marissa's college graduation, I canceled my insurance. I didn't need it anymore. Fantastic. There are so many things that uh, life insurance is almost like an onion. You peel it back, there are so many layers. So many. I had no idea there were so many things we could do, and the turbocharging and IRA, fantastic. I would, But, Dennis, I would go as far as to say that 90% of my clients don't understand it until I've explained it in a very elementary way like this. Fascinating. Very fascinating. Just one of the many reasons why somebody should come down and talk to you. Absolutely. I'm willing, I'm willing to sit and explain things. Absolutely. Dennis, thanks for having me. Thank you for being here, Larry. It's been great. I think if you're somebody who's ever interested in retiring, you owe it to yourself to talk to Larry Lerner. Thank you so much. Absolutely. So, folks, uh, that'll do it for our time today. Uh, don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn, where you can get up-to-date financial news and insights from the top insurance and financial professionals in the game today. Now, you also can watch full Right on the Money episodes at rightonthemoneyshow.com. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. <music>